Ashley Brock, Leonora Roberts' book, Night Moves, Chapter 7. Maggie found the kitchen cozy with the smell of hot food and the patter of raindrops that had just begun to strike the windows. When she thought of it, she decided she'd never really experienced coziness before. Her parents had lived on a grand scale, huge, elegant rooms and huge, elegant parties, boisterous, erratic friends. With her own home in Beverly Hills, Maggie had followed the same pattern. Extravagance might have been what she needed during the, that phase of her life, or it might have been a habit. She wasn't sure when it had begun to wear, or, wear on her, any more than she was certain if she'd ever been as relaxed as she was at the moment, eating in her half-finished kitchen with a man she wasn't quite sure of. He was strong, she mused. Perhaps she'd never allowed a strong man into her life. Her father had been strong, Maggie remembered. He'd been the type of man who, who could do and get for get precisely what he wanted simply because he wanted it. His strength hadn't been a physical one, but one of personality and will. But then her mother had matched him with her own combination of grit and exuberance. Maggie had never seen a more perfect relationship than theirs. Theirs had been an all-consuming, enduring love, with qualities of practicality, compassion, and fire. They'd never competed, never envied each other's success. Support, she thought. Perhaps that had been the real key to the quality and lasting power of the relationship. Unquestionable mutual support. She hadn't found that in her own marriage, and she'd come to think her parents had been unique. Something that had happened to the balance in her relationship with Jerry. As he'd grown weaker, she'd grown stronger. Eventually, they'd come to a point where all the support had been on her side and all the need on his. Yet she stayed because it had been impossible to forget that they'd been friends. Friends don't break promises. She wondered. She studied Cliff, who sort of what sort of friend he would be, and she wondered, though she tried not to, what he would be like as a living. What do you think of? The question came so abruptly that Maggie almost overturned her glass. Quickly, she sorted out her thoughts and chose the less personal. She could hardly tell him what had been the last thing on her. I was thinking, she ran picking up her one hand, how cozy it is eating here in the kitchen. I'll probably demote the dining room for the last thing on my list. <laughs> That's what you're thinking. By the way, he held her gaze. She knew he sensed there had been other things. More or less. The one who'd been interviewed and questioned all her life knew how to evade and dodge. Lifting the bottle, she filled close glass again. The board owes another present from my agent. Or another bribe. She had a bribe. He wants me to give up this mad scheme of camping out in the wilderness and come back to civilization. He thinks he can persuade you with puppies and French wine. With a bubbling laugh, Maggie said, If I weren't so attached to this place, other one might have worked. <laughs> Is that what you are? Clovis attached. At the question, her eyes stopped laughing and her soft, wide mouth over. In your business, you should know that some things root quickly. Some do, he agreed. And some that do can't actually climb it to the new territory, <laughs> acclimate to the new territory. She tapped the side of her glass with her fingertip, wishing she understood why his doubts dug at her so deeply. You don't have much faith in me, do you? Maybe not. He sure does if he lightened. His subject, he wasn't so certain of any longer. In any case, I find it interesting to watch you make the adjustments. She decided to go with me. How am I doing? Better than I thought. He lifted his glass and laughed, but it's early yet. She laughed because arguing seemed like a waste of time. Were you born cynical, Cliff, or did you take lessons? Were you born an optimist? <laughs> Both brows lifted the despair under the friendship's table. 
Touche, Maggie said, no longer interested in the meal. She studied him, finding that while his face was very much to her liking, she still couldn't judge him by his eyes. Too much control, she thought. A person would only get inside his head if he or she was invited. You know, she went suddenly. After I'd stopped being annoyed, I decided I was glad you were coming by this evening. Now she goes, I don't know when I might have opened the wine otherwise. This time, he grinned. I annoy you. I think you're well aware of that, Maggie returned dryly. And that for you, and that for your own personal reasons, it pleases you to do so. Could have tasted the wine again. It was warm and rich, reminding him of her mouth. Actually, I do. He said it so easily that Maggie laughed again. Is it just me, or is it, or is annoying people a hobby of yours? Just you. Over the room of his glass, he studied her. She pinned her hair up in a loose Gibson style that actuated her delicate old-fashioned features to wear some dark contouring shadow that made her eyes seem even larger, but her mouth was naked. This was a woman, Cliff thought, who knew how to act actuate her own looks to the best of him and subtly so that a man would be caught before he analyzed what was Maggie and what was illusion. I like your reactions. Please continue having You don't like to lose your temper. So you like to provoke me until I do. Yeah. He smiled again. That about sizes it up. Why? She demanded in a voice filled with exasperation amusement. I'm not immune to you. Cliff said so quietly, her fingers tightened on some of her. I wouldn't like to think you were immune to me. She sat for a moment, stirred and baffled, before her emotions could rise any closer to the surface. She stood and began to clear the table. No, I'm not. Would you like more wine or some coffee? His hands closed over hers on the dishes. Slowly he rose, his gaze fixed on her. Maggie felt as though the kitchen had shrunk in size, like Alice in the rabbit hole. She thought confusedly, unsure whether to sample that tempting little bottle or not. The patter of rain outside seemed to grow to a roar. I want to make love with you. She wasn't a child, Maggie told herself. She was an adult, and men had wanted her before. She resisted temptations before, but had even ever been quite so alluring. She's already been through this. His hands tightened on hers when she tried to turn away. But we never resolved it. No, she could turn away or run away from a man like this. Maggie realized she had to stay on the ground. I was sure we had. Perhaps coffee would be best since you have to drive this evening and I have to work. <laughs> Cook took the dishes and set them back on the table. With her hands empty, Maggie found herself at a loss. She folded her arms under her breast to have it Cliff had discovered to use whenever she was upset or disturbed. At the moment, he didn't care what she was, as long as she was unmoved. <laughs> we haven't resolved it. He repeated and plucked a pin from her hair. We haven't begun to resolve it. Her eyes remained steady. She backed up when he stepped closer. It made him feel as though he was stalking her. An odd and thrilling sensation. I really thought I'd made myself clear. Maggie managed what sounded to her like a firm, permissive tone. It's clear when I touch you. Cliff backed her up against the counter, then pulled another pin from her hair. It's clear when you look at me like you're looking at me now. Maggie's heart began out the bases for so she was weakening folded in the heaviness of her limbs the lightness in her head desire was temptation temptation a seduction in itself i didn't say i didn't want you no you didn't 
When he drew up, the next pin, her hair fell heavily to her shoulders and lay there, dark and tousled. I don't think Ryan comes easily to you. Now, could she have been so relaxed a few moments before and so tense now? Every muscle in her body was taunt in the effort to combat what seemed to be the inevitable. No, I don't lie. Her voice was low. I said I didn't know you. I said you didn't understand me. Something flashed into him. Perhaps it was rage. Perhaps it was need. I don't give a damn how little we know each other or how little we understand each other. I know I want you. He counted her hair in one hand. I only have to touch you to know you want me. Her eyes grew darker. Why did it always seem her desire was mixed with anger? And though she detested a certain weakness, she couldn't control. Can you really believe it's that simple? He had to. For the sake of his own survival, Cliff knew he had to keep whatever was between them purely physical. They'd make love through the night until they were exhausted. In the morning, the need or and the bond would be gone. He'd have to believe it. Otherwise, he didn't want to dwell on otherwise. Why should it be complicated to count? The anger and the longing flowed to her. Why, indeed? Maggie murmured. The room had lost its cozy all beyond. Now she felt she suffocated if she didn't escape it. Her eyes were stormy. He was almost brutally calm. But she kept her gaze level on his while her thoughts raged. Why should you feel the need to rationalize it to romanticize? She asked her. She wasn't an innocent young girl with misty dreams, but an adult, a widow, a professional woman who learned to live with reality. In reality, people took what they wanted, then dealt with the consequences. Now so was she. The bedroom's upstairs, she told him, and brushed by him, walking out of the kitchen. The stirred Cliff for round after her. This was what he wanted, he thought. The lack of complications, yet her abrupt acceptance had been so unexpected. So cool. Now he realized, as he started after her, that wasn't what he wanted. Maggie was at the base of the steps before he caught up with her. She looked over her shoulder. He saw a fury in her eyes. The moment he took her arm, felt the tension. This, he discovered, was what he wanted. He didn't want her cool, emotionless agreement or careless acquisition. He wanted to build the fury and tension until the passion that sprang them both through. Before the night was over, he drew it all from her and purged himself as well. In silence, they climbed the stairs to the second floor. The rain fell, strong and steady, against the windows and the newly seated earth below. The sound made Maggie think of the subtle rhythmic percussion. She imagined in the arrangement of the song she just completed. There was no moon to guide the way, so she moved from memory. Darkness was deep and without shadows. She didn't look when she entered the bedroom, but she knew Cliff was still beside her. What now? She thought with sudden panic. What was she doing? Bringing him here to the single spot she considered purely private. He might learn more than she wanted before he left again, yet she might learn nothing more than she already knew. They wanted each other. It was unexplainable. It was undeniable. As her nerves stretched tighter, Maggie was grateful for the dark. She didn't want him to see the doubts. That would be clear on her face. As the need grew stronger, she knew she wouldn't have been able to conceal that. Either darkness was better, she told herself, because it was anonymous. When he touched her, her body went rigid with a dozen complete emotions. Feeling it, Cliff ran his hand over the slope of her shoulders, down into her lower back found he didn't want her to be too relaxed, to be too yielding. Not yet. He wanted to know she struggled against something deeper, something unnamed, even as he did. You don't want to give in to this, Cliff said quietly, ordered me. No. Yet she felt the tremor, not fear, but pleasure, course through her body when he slipped his hands under his sweater. No, I don't. 
much worse is there. <laughs> you can see his face through the gloom of darkness. Close, very close. Damn you, she wouldn't. There's none at all. <laughs> so his hands up her naked back. Through the neck opening of her sweater. Until his fingers found her. No. Navarazarobos. His body was firm against hers. His voice soft and low. Was faintly edged with anger. She got the scent of soap. Sharp. Unrepentantly male that lingered on his skin. His face was mysterious and and distinct in the darkness. He might be, he might have been anyone as Maggie felt the next fierce pull of desire. She almost wished he was. Make love with me, she demanded a discussion made quickly, freely, but leave no room for rest. Take me now, or it's all out of response. Was it? The question had barely formed in his mind when his mouth was on hers. Then there were no questions. He was flame and flash of power, understanding if there had been any before. Dimmed. Reason vanished. Sensation and only sensation ruled. Well, well, perhaps both of them had expected it. They were caught in a maelstorm in which neither of them had any control. Raked by it, they felt together arms of Fell together onto the bed and let the fire rage. He could find no gentleness to give her. <laughs> but it seemed she neither demanded nor expected any. He wanted her naked but not vulnerable. Soft but not yielding. If he had spoken the needs aloud, she could have been no more than what he asked for. As she arched against him, her lips clung in a wild, urgent kiss that was only purely with the passion. He pulled at her clothes, forgetting finesse, then caught his breath. When in an extra equal frenzy, she began to strip him. Clothes were tossed aside as if they were meaningless. Her scent rose up from her skin, from her hair, clouding whatever logic he might have tried to gain. The mattress swayed and dipped as they rolled over it, mindless now of the rain, of the dark, of time and place. They were naked, heated flesh to heated flesh. The desperation grew in each to have all there could be of the other, whispered demands, labored breathing, moans and sighs of pleasure, drowned out the sound of falling rain. Her body was small and supple and surprisingly strong. All three aspects combined to drive him mad. This was what he meant to be consumed. This is what I meant to be consumed. Maggie knew it as his hand skimmed over her, enticed thrill after thrill. She hungered, no star for each new demand. Greedy for what pleasure he would give and what pleasure she would take. She allowed him whatever he wanted. Felt no shame, no hesitation, and tasting and touching. Asking for more. We're taking or in taking it. If his body had been designed to her wish, it could have been no per more perfect. She re revealed in the leanness the cords of the muscles, the low narrowing bones that ran along his hips. Wherever, whenever she touched, she could almost feel the blood drop under his skin. She wanted to know he had no more control than she. She wanted to know they were both victims of their own combined power. The fuse that had been lit between them, though look, was burning quicker. Desire was madness, and if the words she'd written were true, she'd cast aside her reason for it. it was a savageness they both craved. They came together. Fighting to prolong an outrageous passion, greedy to capture that final flash of pleasure. She thought of whirlpools and high winds and the bellow of thunder. She felt the spin, the speed, the hurt of the roar, then both her body and, and mind shuddered from the last violent surge. Love, Maggie thought some dim time later when her thoughts began to clear again. This was making love. She'd been innocent all her life. 
could something with so gentle a name have such a violent effect on the body? Hers was pulsing and throbbing as if she raced up one side of a mountain and fallen off the other. She'd written songs about love, songs about passion. Yet she never fully understand her own words until now. Till now, she thought the man who lay beside her had dared her to live her own fantasy. With him, she found the answer to the dark, driving needs that gave her gave the grit or the wistfulness to most of her music. She understood, but understood opened the door to dozens of questions. Maggie ran a hand up her own body, astonished at the lingering sense of power and of wonder. How long had she been waiting for this night to come? Perhaps it was possible for passion to lie dormant, unexplored until it was triggered by a certain person at a certain time. Maggie thought of the film, her music would score. It had been that way for the female character. She'd been content with life, almost smug, until one day a man had entered it. A man she shared little common ground with. A man who initiated a spark that had changed everything. It hadn't mattered that the woman was intelligent, successful, independent. The man merely by existence had altered the scope and pattern of her life. And the same thing was happening to her. There was still time to stop it before she too became so consumed by needs, so ruled by desire, that nothing would ever be the same again. In the film, the relationship had spawned violence. Instead, instinct told her that there was something between her and Cliff that could do the same. There was little moderation in either of them. It was extreme, she knew, that played havoc with human nature. Maybe fate had brought her to this surreal little plot of land with its undertones of violence. The same fate might have brought her to this tanked physical man who seemed connected with both the tranquility and the danger. The question now was whether she was strong enough to deal with the consequences of each. What? Maggie asked herself while she stared into the darkness. What happened next? Because nothing was as expected it, Cliff was silent. He wanted passion, but he never imagined the scope of it. He wanted what her song had whispered of, but the reality had been much more traumatic than any words or any melody. He'd been certain that once the tension between them had been released, once the lure had been accepted, the needs would lessen. It was true his body was sated with pleasure, more intense than anything he'd known, but his mind, Cliff closed his eyes, wishing his mind would rest and he Rest is easy, but it was too full of her, so full that he knew even a touch would set his body raging again. That kind of need was a shade too close to dependence for comfort. There had nothing to offer each other, he reminded himself, nothing but outrageous mutual desire. And suddenly he remembered a line from song, Desire's Madness. If he could have stopped himself, he would have touched her again. He was already reaching for her. Your goal, he murmured, automatically drawing her against him to woman. I bet there was an awkwardness. She didn't know how to alleviate the need. She didn't know how to explain it. Here, tug the tangled spread over her, then pulled her closer again. Better. Yes, her body relaxed against his, even as her thoughts continued to race. They lapsed into silence again, neither knowing quite how to deal with that had flared between them. Cliff listened to the rain beat against the window glass, added to the sense of isolation. Even on a clear night, he knew... You would see no light from a neighboring house. Are you having trouble staying out here alone? Trouble? Maggie had. She wanted to stay exactly as she was, back close around him, warm and safe and untroubled. She didn't want to think now or staying in the big house alone. I was sleeping like this. This place is more isolated than most around here. How soft she was, he thought. It brought him an odd sort of contentment to feel her hair lie against his shoulder. A lot of people, even if they were 
race here would have trouble being this far back alone, especially after everything that's happened. Though she didn't want to talk about it, Maggie closed her eyes, reminding herself that she'd come here determined to take care of herself, to deal with whatever came. She drew in a deep breath, but when she started to shift away, clipped over. You are having trouble. No, no, not really. Her biggest problem at the moment was to keep her mind and body from wanting more of him. Opening her eyes again, she stared at the ranger's window. I'll admit, I've had a couple of restless nights since, well, since we started to dig the pond. It isn't easily knowing what happened in that golly ten years ago, and I have a very active imagination. Part of the job, he turned toward her a bit more, so that her legs slid casually between his. Her skin was smooth as polished glass. I suppose, she laughed, but he thought he detected nerves in it. One night, I was certain I heard someone in the house. He stopped stroking her hair, drawing her back far enough to see her eyes. In the house. Just my imagination. She said it was her words creaking in the attic, stealthy footsteps on the stairs, doors opening and closing. I worked myself up into quite a state. <laughs> he didn't like the sound of it, even in her dismissive tone of voice. Don't you have a phone in this room? Because the man... Well, yes, but why didn't you call the police? <laughs> Maggie sighed and wished she never mentioned anything about it. it. Sounded like a cranky older brother scrolling his scatterbrain sister. Because I'd left the kitchen extension off the hood. I've been trying to work that afternoon and the word scatterbrain flowed back into her head embarrassed the channel. Anyway, it's better that I didn't call. I felt like an idiot in the morning. In an in case imagination or not, Cliff reflected, she was still a woman alone, isolated, and everyone in a ten-mile radius knew it. Are you locking your doors? Cliff! Maggie rolled on, rolled until she was on her back, and he was looking down at her. Are you locking your doors? I wasn't, Sonora, but after the sheriff came by, I... Stan was here. A breath is out between us. Damn it, did you know how often you cut me off in the middle of a sentence? Yes. When did Stan come by? The day after the state police were here. He wanted to reassure me. She wasn't cold now, not with the way his body was pressed against hers. Desire began to stir again. Not too quiet. Not too slow. He seems to know his job. He's been a good share. But Maggie prompted something something. Just a personal thing. Cliff murmured, shifting away again. Maggie felt the chill turning in. Joyce, she said flatly and Started to rise, Cliff's arm came out to pin her down. You have a habit of saying little and implying a lot. His voice was cool now, it's over. It's quite a talent. It seems we have a little to say to each other. I don't have to explain myself to you. She laced him, so I'm not asking if the hell you aren't. <laughs> Angry, he said, up drawing her with him, so that the cover draped away. Her skin was pale, her hair like a flood of night over her shoulders. Despite a strong will and a keen sense of privacy, felt, felt compelled to go. Joyce has been like my sister. When she married Stan, I gave her away. I'm godfather to her oldest girl. Might be difficult for you to understand that kind of friendship. It wasn't. It had been like that between herself and Jerry. The relationship had gradually deteriorated during the marriage because the marriage had been a mistake. No, I understand it, Maggie said quietly. I don't understand why he seems so concerned about her. That's my business. It certainly is. Look, George has been going through a difficult time. She never wanted to stay in Morganville. When she was a kid, she had ideas about going to the city and studying to be an actress. She wanted to act? 
Pipe dreams, maybe. Because movies are Maybe not. She let them go when she married Stan, but she'd never been happy staying in Morganville. One of the reasons she sold the house was so that they'd have enough money to move. Stan won't budge. They get compromised. Stan doesn't understand how important it is to her to get away from here. She was 18 when she married, and she had three children over the next five years. She spent the first part of her life following her father's rule, the second caring for her children and her mother. A woman like you wouldn't understand that. I'm sick of that, Maggie exploded, jerking with me. I'm sick to death of you putting me in some category. Pampered celebrity with no conception of how real people feel or live in your rocket career. So quick and powerful, she never thought she would it. What kind of man are you going to bed with a woman who haven't an ounce of respect for? Stunned by, stunned by the sudden passionate outburst, they watched her sprinkling. Wait a minute. No, I've made enough mistakes for one evening. She began to search for her clothes among the scattered one on the floor. You had your dinner and your sex. She said in a brutal tone, Now get out. Furry rose so that he had to fight it back. She was right, Cliff told himself. He'd come to take her to bed. That was all. Intimacy didn't always equal closeness. He wasn't interested in being close to her or in becoming involved with anything more than her body. Even as he thought it, the emptiness of it washed over him. The contentment he felt so briefly vanished. He could hear her unsteady breathing as she pulled on her sweater. Reaching for his clothes, he tried to con concentrate on the sound of her instead. We're not finished, you and I, aren't we? Then Ray's taking Maggie turned. She could feel the tears well in her eyes, but felt secure in the darkness. The sweater skimmed her thighs, leaving the length of her legs naked. She knew what he thought of her, and this time would give him the satisfaction of believing he was right. We went to bed, and it was good for both of us. She said easily, not all one-night stands are as successful. You get a high rating as a lover. Cliff, that helps. Here you go. This time, there was no controlling the temper that ordered and grabbing both her arms, she pulled from damn you, Maggie. Why? She tossed back. Because I said it first. Go home and curl up with your double standard, Cliff. I don't need it. Everything she said hit home, and it hit hard. We stayed. He wasn't certain what he might do. Thought of her. It was tempting. Dragged her back to bed and burned himself with the angry desire that pounded in him. More temptation. As he held her, he wasn't sure if it was he who was shaking over her, but he knew if he stayed. Something violated, perhaps irreparable, would burst. Dropping his hands, he walked from the larger doors. He called out and cursed her as he strode down the stairs. Maggie wrapped her arms around herself, let the tears overflow. It was much too late for the locks, she thought. End of chapter 7.